0: Hi, and welcome to Fashion Talks, the podcast about observing the world through the lens of fashion. I am your host, Donna Bishop, and I am joined today by Carolyn Rohali, author of the very fashionable novel, Military Chic. And author is just one of the career dreams Carolyn has made happen. She's been an urban planner. A fashion designer, international development worker, celebrity assistant, David Cronenberg, Rachel McAdams, George Dropolopagus, talent manager, garage band, rock and roller, publicist, and she was even one of Canada's first fashion bloggers. Welcome, Carolyn! Thank you, Donna. I'm so excited to be here. Congratulations on Military Chic. Thank you so much. Now, the novel follows Gigi LeFaux as she embarks on her first fashion job in Toronto, volunteer coordinator of Collections Week. Gigi allows us a peek backstage of the runway shows and the inner workings of this massive event, the antics, the stress, and the reign of Veronica Hendricks, the strong-minded and, I might say, difficult head of Collections Week. Carolyn, let's just get the like question that is on most people's minds out of the way. Is this a biography or some sort of salacious tell-all book?
1: I would love to let everybody think that it was a salacious tell-all. <laughs> and I think a lot of people will think it's a romana clef and try to, uh, to discern who is who because they might recognize some mannerisms of some of the characters. Because,
0: um, but it is fiction. Fiction, but it's super fun fiction. You're all gonna love it. I, I, I totally <laughs> I totally loved reading it. And so let's so we're out, we just got that fiction out fiction. of the way. Fiction, fiction, fiction. Yes. What inspired you to write military chic?
1: It. I was inspired when I. You might. I, okay. Let's let's be honest. Gigi lafoe is basically me. So so that, so that might be. So some strains. You might see some similarities. She's my ideal version of of me. So. Basically, Gigi and I followed the same paths when we came to Toronto. Both of us came from Calgary, and both of us wanted to be in fashion. And I was a volunteer coordinator at Toronto Fashion Week quite a few years ago.
0: I had, I, okay, 15 years ago. Which is no joke of a job. Like, that is a massive, massive undertaking.
1: And you will see that, and as everybody will read it in Military Chic as well. It ends up being a, a, a very full-time job rather than volunteering. So I was really inspired by my time at uh, Fashion Week and just backstage things would happen and I would just think wow if I if I fictionalized this and added a little bit of spice to it this would make an excellent excellent story (laughs) and you would hear tales about certain people that you knew weren't true but I thought wow if there was any truth to it or in a fictionalized universe those people thinking it was
0: true it would make a fantastic story and so I wrote it, and it does. So as, and as I was reading it, and I thoroughly enjoyed it, and it was an unexpected read, and I don't want to say too much because I don't want to spoil it for people. But I couldn't help think of other behind the scenes, like it's almost a genre even of itself, right? Like I was thinking of the nanny diaries, of even Anthony Bourdain's Kitchen Confidential, because um, he wrote that for the kitchen staff. Just, right. And I remember you saying you wrote this for your other coordinators. That and is anyways. true, yes. I, I, and going back to your
1: inspiration question, I, I was very inspired by the dedication of everybody working at, vol- at volunteering at Fashion Week. And I had a core group of volunteers. We would get together after every Fashion Week and share some stories. And again, too, I just sort of cobbled them together and added a lot, a lot of spice again and just made them a little bit more epic.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Inspired by actuality, ran wild with it for the book. Um, what do you think it is about getting that peek behind the scenes in something that is so appealing to people?
1: Well, it is kind of a secret world. I mean, things have changed a little bit or a lot now with social media where you get to see behind the scenes, but you really don't see a lot of the behind the scenes. And some people might not be in the same geographic location and some people might just not get the access. And I had never been to a fashion show before I moved to Toronto and volunteered at Fashion Week. And Bam! I was the head vol- <laughs> volunteer you were in the coordinator. Thick of it. Yeah, yeah. So that's I. I just think that pulling back the curtain, and uh, of these of these situations that people aren't uh, exposed to. I think that's what makes it so kind of salacious.
0: Well, and I think the you know the 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 calm choreographed precision of a runway show is foiled by the absolute chaos, like legitimately, not even in your wonderful book. But if anyone has ever worked in a runway show, you know that backstage is absolute bedlam in the very, very best of situations. So there is that kind of juxtaposition that I think is just fraught for, for exactly. literature, right? That's, you got it. That's exactly what I was trying to portray.
1: And I, I felt that even with all of the pulling back the curtain backstage kind of antics shows that we've seen or something like top top model or um uh, or like your project, runways, project runway and and yeah. stuff like that those yeah. sorts of things but I never thought I never felt like the backstage mayhem was adequately portrayed in any pop culture realm yet. So I wanted to portray that and I
0: I think I did. It's totally true. (laughs) Something else that I thought was really interesting is it's hard to timestamp it because, you know, apart from the lack of technology, like no one's talking about texting and Snapchatting and stuff like that, which obviously would be rampant. I don't know how they'd have time to, quite frankly, with all the other stuff they need to do backstage. But was that an intentional choice not to to put technology in it? Cause that really would put it in a very specific time. Yeah. Thanks for observing that. That was definitely
1: intentional. I wanted it to be a bit of a timeless story. I mean, obviously, it's not in the 50s, but it's fair. Yes, I, I didn't want it to be limited to technology because having a story all about texting and social media now is a different story than what I wanted to tell. I wanted to tell a story about uh, how it is to to run what it's like to be backstage at a fashion show and focus on that rather than the, the texting and, and all the social things that, that
0: were happening and really focus on the mechanics of of backstage well and that is the context for what is also in fact maybe even mostly a story about leadership that's exactly right you got it so tell me about tell me about because I think Gigi and Veronica are such fantastically strong female characters and we'll talk about like the timeliness of that in a minute but they have very different leadership styles why was that an important part of the storytelling for you Thank you so much for noticing because that's something that I've found is underlying
1: with the story. The main story is all about a fashion show and getting collections week off the ground and running smoothly and keeping all the guests happy and uh, making sure that fashion all those fashion shows are a success. But underneath it all, it really is – I really meant it to be a story about how to be a good leader. And I was inspired to write
0: it by The Art of War. Uh, and you'll notice some similarities Some of the chapters are. For uh, people who haven't read The Art of War, give us a little bit of some context for that and what you what, what you love about that book. Right? right. That one is a pretty ancient text. Uh,
1: and it's uh, it's all it's. It is really a military text, which is very funny because I am quite a pacifist. But yeah. <laughs> you read that and you learn how to be a good leader through military actions, and the whole goal is to avoid military actions. And I was finding that backstage at fashion shows and in the entertainment industry, where I've been working for the past a- after fashion, uh, there are these two different leadership styles: the one that is very dictatorial and uh, top down, somewhat menacing and difficult and yeah, ruled by fear exactly. in many ways. Yeah. yeah. And then the other style is uh more warm and cozy, very uh comforting and collaborative. And those that's where those two leadership styles come into play in Military Chic. Veronica is very dictatorial and Gigi is a very warm and fuzzy leader who tries to avoid the confrontation and tries to avoid any Wars, if you will. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, and and Gigi and Veronica, like what, what I really was struck by by their relationship is they are. I mean, they're so they're so opposite. Like Veronica is, you know, bat crap crazy in she really so is. many <laughs> ways. But she um, is very creative. Oh, you know, she but she she and Gigi are working towards the same goal, which is to get Collections Week as as to be at as as best and as wonderful an event as possible. Um, and they're both really strong characters. Like Veronica might be psychopath, but she is not without um, real strength and presence, which to have the two protagonists and the two leaders be women, in fact, the the whole cast of characters is quite female dominant. Was that, you know, something you were thinking about as you were writing? Like, was that an intentional thing? Or was it just, you know, the lens that you kind of naturally looked through? It just couldn't be helped. That was how the characters came through
1: to me. And obviously, in fashion, there are way more females in in the industry although the more that you get into it when you get into the business of fashion you do see a lot more men uh, oh and that's a whole
0: uh, yeah exactly Exactly. (laughs) so basically
1: it this is just how the characters came to me and it's uh and it was just there and now i'm so happy that uh that it does seem timely now uh and
0: because yeah, I think just, it's yeah. also a story about the – because uh, what I wanted to go back to is there is a level of respect that Gigi has that Veronica does right. not in terms of how what her leadership style is. Like, I think that's one of the key differentiators. Mm-hmm. And respecting others is such – I think it's something we're seeing – a lack of culturally, in many ways, if we look at you know a lot of the politicians, you know, in Canada and in the United States, there is a lack of respect to to people who are not like exactly, exactly like they are, and that there's a bit of the like rise of the of the supporting cast that comes that comes through in military chic. Fantastic, yes. and and that I think is timely as timely as well. Like, there's a lot happening socially right now that I can see um, military chic being relevant to, even though it is in the the fashion industry. Thanks. Yes,
1: this is why I couldn't be happier to release it right now, because I think the moment is now. It is a story about the strong female characters, and as you said, respecting everybody that you work around. And it is... Also, a little bit of a workplace revenge story for people who are disrespecting, which is
0: satisfying. It is.
1: <laughs> it was so satisfying to write. Not I think like, we've yeah. all had a job where it's like,
0: oh, I wish I could. Oh, never mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: and so, and that's also where my my storytelling comes into play. Where you know, sometimes you have those fantasies of maybe uh, getting back at your boss for something that they've been unreasonable about, and that's really what military chic is too. So. But (laughs) it's not to condone violence in any way. Uh, (laughs) But I am just so happy. Now does seem the time to release this book. Because you wrote it
0: like a while ago. Like tell us a little bit about the process of writing it. When did you start?
1: I did start right after I finished my four seasons at Fashion Week. So I was basically two years at Fashion Week. And that was uh, – yeah that was about 15 years ago 14 years ago and I ended up writing it maybe about 10 years ago and I was that was really when I was working with David Cronenberg at the time and I uh, was writing it just to sort of express all my love for the fashion industry I wasn't in the fashion industry anymore I was I was working in film and uh I I wrote the book for my volunteers, for our our core group of volunteers, because we would always share stories after fashion week. And then I just put them together and was writing it on the set of uh, History of Violence when we were working on that one. And when... I finished writing it, uh, or I, when I was finishing writing it, uh, Diana Osana, who wrote and produced *Brokeback Mountain*, she came on set. Oh, that little. Oh, film. that little movie that you mm-hmm. might remember, mm-hmm. and she came on set, and I helped organize her her visit. She was a fan of David's, and uh, the hairstylist that was working on the movie at the time, uh, she worked on *Brokeback*. So, uh, we got them together. Diana was on set, and she asked me, "What do you?" you doing over there? And I said, I am writing this book. And we basically had the same conversation that you that you and I just had. And she said, That sounds amazing. I want to read it when you're done. So I said, Okay, sure, why not? And I sent it to her and then she let me know that she loved it. She thought it was great. She said, You need to be published.
0: You are an author. Good on you for sending it. Cause I think, you know, I think it's just a sidebar for a minute. Like opportunities are laid at our feet every day. And we don't always take the time to recognize that that's what it is mm-hmm. or to have the confidence or the chutzpah or the like boldness to act on the opportunity. So kudos to you, Carolyn. I you. think that's amazing. Thanks,
1: because I can't tell you that it wasn't scary. telling, Sending <laughs> my very first novel that, you know, I wasn't even trying to write a novel. I just wrote things for my friends and sending a novel fashion story to an oscar winning writer and producer uh, so that is scary for you know but she uh, phoned me one day and she said you know what i sent i sent your book to my agent and you wouldn't believe it he called me this morning and after all the years i've been been with him he hasn't yeah uh, i usually speak with his his assistant but he called me this morning told me he loved your book but it just didn't fit his roster which was fair because his roster, you know, he represents Salman Rushdie, very into. Oh, yep. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and I was like, okay, yeah, fair, fair. N- number one, you sent my fashion book to <laughs> the guy who represents Salman Rushdie. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. And he liked it, but it didn't fit. So he he gave me uh, some names of some agents to follow up with. So I did, uh, but they were it was at a time when the publishing industry was going through a hard time trying to figure out what they were going to do with with the web and digital. yeah and everything. it's gone through a lot of transition. it has, and there was a downturn in chicklet, and I personally I love Chicklet as a sidebar. love it, love and this would be considered a chicklet story, even though there are many levels, uh, but there's nothing wrong with it, and I love it. But they were having problems selling it at that time, so they didn't take it on. And I had th- so through the many through the last few years, I've had agents interested and publishers interested, and they would say things like, "Make it more Sex in the City," or, "Or do this," and "What's your publicity and marketing plan?" And finally, I was so busy with work f- uh, for many years that I kind of set it aside and didn't keep chasing it. And then finally, now I have time, and I just thought. I want to do this. And
0: so I am being a punk indie DIY publisher, and I'm so excited. Love it. And we're going to get to where people can get the book um, in a little bit. But I want to talk a little bit about the fashion industry, because that's an industry that you've obviously got a whole lot of love for and have been immersed in it. And I think it's one of the arts that still has a very – Uh, like inner circle kind of feeling to it. Like, I feel like there's this, and this is just anecdotally from people that I've talked to, you know, somehow music, film, TV, they all feel a little more accessible than the fashion industry does. Why do you think fashion is so appealing? What's the mystique around it? It's definitely the glamour. And this is also why, going back to our previous question about pulling
1: back the curtain on it, I don't think a lot of people have experienced this backstage-ness because of that glamour, on the on the front as you're talking about with the fashion shows being uh, serene or just perfect. And uh, so it really is – it is successful because of that mystique. Mm-hmm.
0: Like the models don't even flinch, right? Like the chaos backstage of where's my accessory and roll and then they come out stony-faced, modeled-faced. <laughs> it <laughs> is crazy. They're amazing. How can they – how they can do that just uh, blows my mind, but – do you yeah. think there's still a a like fashion is something that we are all intimately acquainted with because we all wear clothes mm-hmm. every day exactly and and yeah. yet it is this um mysterious world somehow. And I think Shiji really helps the reader kind of bridge those two those two worlds. She brings us from not knowing what this oz will be and shows us, you know, behind the curtain down the Yellow Bick Road and, and home to Kansas, so to speak. Was, was that something you were thinking about? Were you trying to guide us through kind of like that mystique of the fashion industry? Definitely. Uh, because As when I was writing
1: it too, I, not only was it for my volunteers, but it was for, uh, remember that I, I moved from Calgary. So, and this was my first experience in fashion and entertainment and, just what I was experiencing, Um, it it was like being in the trenches, uh, which is where I get the military chic (laughs) and the battle analogies, wartime analogies. And uh, I also wrote it for, for friends and family who I knew wouldn't be able to understand what I've been going through and the life change. And I just thought it was a great introduction to to fashion in that world of crazy. I was totally (laughs) having
0: that thought. I thought I could totally see like someone who is maybe like a fashion grad or someone who's just had their first job who maybe is from, you know, either a family that doesn't, you know, have inroads into that world, or just doesn't have a porthole into it. And you know, sending this to someone's sister or mom or brother and saying, "No, really, like read this. It'll help you understand what I go through every day." Yes, exactly. You know, when you get so
1: busy in this world of fashion or entertainment, and sometimes you don't call people for a few days or something, and
0: they're and they're like, "What? What are you doing? Where are you?" I'm like, "I'm so busy. You just don't understand how busy I am." And then there are very level-headed characters besides mm-hmm. Jillian, like there's or Gigi. Pardon mm-hmm. me. There's Vivian. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the the show producer yep. and and Niles, mm-hmm. tell me about those characters. What rules are right. these other kind of yeah, players having? I didn't want anybody to think that fashion was all this crazy
1: because there are these amazing people that you meet, and that's what I wanted to portray. My connection with the core volunteer team and uh, Niles, who was the backstage uh, manager, and Vivian, who was the show producer, and uh, there, there are so many players in producing a fashion show, which I, I think you're 100% right. I think anybody who's interested in fashion as a career should read this book to see whether or not they can keep up with the pace. Because I had a friend that read the book recently, and she said, is this really what happened? I am so stressed out. <laughs> even though it isn't really what happened, it is the pace. The pace is totally legit. Absolutely, Thanks. and as as readers, you're going to find out the story starts off a little bit slow, easy, eases you in, introduces you to a few people, and
0: then suddenly, boom! It is a bit like a roller coaster. <laughs> yep. It is totally like a roller coaster. <laughs> now, let's talk about fashion or fashion weeks, because right. you know, I, I mean, it's fictionally fictional fictionally called Collections Week in the book, but fashion weeks take place around the world, and you know, you have experience working in fashion fashion weeks. Uh, as you say, a little while ago, how have you observed the role of Fashion Weeks changing? Do you think it, its role has has ebbed and flowed? And and do you think the bedlam that you experienced is still what people are experiencing backstage? Definitely. OK, that was an easy question to answer for okay. sure.
1: There's always going to be that bedlam. There's always that bedlam, even in the entertainment industry, producing a daily show. And uh, And I'm really glad that you asked the question about the relevancy of fashion weeks, because I really do think they're relevant still. And it, to me, it's really important in Toronto and Canada because back when I did volunteer at fashion week, I, at Toronto fashion week, uh, there was that one week and it was the pinnacle of Canadian collections. And of course there is a, there is a fashion week in Quebec uh, and Those both served a very important purpose and it was where you got your fashion, your Canadian fashion fix. Yeah, and of course now there's one in Vancouver, there's the East Coast Mm -hmm. fashion, so regionally there's all kinds. I do love all the regional shows because I think that – as residents of those cities you need to support those designers and be proud of those designers and foster that industry and i love to wear local whenever i can and fashion weeks really help with that and especially in uh, local centers where that's that's their chance to that's your chance to glam up And to get dressed up, if you can't dress up for a fashion week, then where can you get dressed up? Ooh, that's one little note in Military Chic that I will say is true, is that Zishi was kind of appalled at how people did not dress up. So take note, everybody, when I see you at fashion (laughs) shows, I want to see you dressed up. Really turn it out. No jeans and t-shirts. Come on. (laughs) Anyways. Noted. Yeah. (laughs) You don't have to worry, Donna. (laughs) But I, I really do want to, I have something to say about fashion weeks now in Canada, in Toronto in particular, because there are so many competing fashion weeks. There, there is, You'll you'll know them all, too. And I know that two recently combined, Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. the one at Yorkville, which is uh, now officially known as Toronto Toronto Fashion Fashion Week. Week. Yep, and uh, Reset. And Reset. So that is good because they used to be separate. And so that was two fashion weeks to go to. Then there was another one, um, Toronto Men's Fashion Week, which I love. Yeah, Tom's. Uh, And they started a Toronto Women's Fashion Week. Yep. And... and then there was there's Fashion Art Toronto, which I also love, and it serves a different audience than the fashion weeks
0: because definitely more avant-garde exactly. than the other players you've mentioned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, a, in the best possible way. Exactly, and there was and is a need for that because uh, you know it's not
1: as commercial as uh, some of the some of the other designers showing at the other fashion weeks, but basically there I just counted five different fashion weeks in Toronto, and uh, now it's down to four. And as somebody who doesn't work in the fashion industry anymore, but I do work in entertainment, and I want to get out to all of these shows and all of these events and see who the what the designers are doing and support them and, and however I can. But f- four or five weeks of events when it's not my full time job, and even when it is people's full time jobs, they also have to. It, some of our premier. Out media outlets and buyers have to go to the other fashion weeks around the world. So you can't have four weeks of just fashion in Toronto because that's just too much. So everybody needs to play along nicely. And I haven't been been privy to this, uh, yep. These are any of the politics Carol- Carolyn's anecdotal thoughts <laughs> industry take notes so I hope that everybody gets along but I, I want to see it all condensed into a nicer and easier way to consume because fashion weeks really are still important to designers, buyers, uh, the public when I was working at fashion hugely week hugely important weren't, for the public now I think yeah and when I was working at fashion week the public weren't allowed it was just buyers, sponsors Media, And I thought it was such a huge opportunity and very important to get public involved, because if you don't have somebody who knows what it's like to be at the fashion show and can see the clothes, uh, then how are they going to support
0: their local designers? Absolutely. And it's nice to see public tickets being part of, you know, most fashion weeks around the world now Mm -hmm. having having that opportunity. Now, you 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 get to you work with talent in your in your day job quite a bit. Is there an appetite for our canadian talent to wear canadian designers like are we seeing because it you know it's something that i think has been kind of a timely in the past like maybe five years we've really seen a rise in some in a in a more uh broad based interest in our in our canadian designers and Are are talent interested in wearing Canadian on the red carpet? Is that something people talk about? I'm pleased to say that we talk
1: about it a lot, and that's one of my favorite parts of the job. It's just a little supplementary part to my job. But I love pairing Canadian actors with Canadian designers. And the designers love it, and the actors love it, and it's so fun to see these partnerships grow I love to connect them directly so that they can work together. First, it will start off with something like whether or not the actor will fit into samples and whether or not it's easy. But definitely Canadian actors always want to uh, to showcase Canadian designers and get to know them and work with them. You know, it could be at the Canadian Screen Awards. That's those. That's our biggest that's big one. biggest night out, and definitely, it's really great to to see those partnerships and make those happen. And uh, all the actors are so good at social media now and knowing how to be gracious and working with a designer and thanking them and acknowledging them on social, and the designers as well they give the shout outs to the actors wearing wearing the clothes and it's a really wonderful relationship and i want to do more so (laughs) any more designers you can come find me and i'll find a place for somebody to wear Mm. your clothes
0: well so the book is full of hilarious stories thank you are any of them true (laughs) i actually
1: have one that is true Bring bring it bring it bring it yeah okay and it involves a guy who was in, okay, so in real life, so you'll, you'll see this in the book, but in real life, there was this guy who was on a first date with somebody and he was trying to impress this date by uh, trying to get one of the media gift bags. For her, because he was very impressed with the media gift bag and thought, oh, I'm really yes. going to show my date something special. <laughs> I'm going to get her a gift bag. But us as volunteers, we are told, do not give any media gift bags to anybody if they are not media. and Because there was only a limited amount. You know, you've got 75 bags and— possibly a hundred people on the media list. So you can't give any bags away, especially to somebody that's not media. And as a lowly volunteer, you cannot use your executive powers to do that. So things like that are ironclad for volunteers. And anyway, this guy was getting so mad at my vol- volunteer. And uh, then she she called me on the headphones and said, this guy wants a vol- has, wants a media bag and he's getting out of control. And I showed up and, you know, he had spat. <gasps> on her and it so like that was real and that guy's trying to impress a date and uh that is horrifying i I remember reading that story in the (laughs) book and going no i'm sorry to say that that one was a real story like it was insane and he wanted to get in a fight with me um we had a lovely security guard but basically it really showed me that you know there were not like when when you're at an event think about the volunteers and think about the people around and they're people. They are following orders. If if they can't let you into to the runway room at a certain time or they can't let you in or they do something, that's because they are following orders and they cannot do that. And also keep in mind that they are flies on walls. They can hear you. They are people. And they're there because they love the event and they love the organization or they love the industry and they're there to create An event, especially for you. So I just ask that next time anybody's at an event, to please be kind to your volunteers.
0: (laughs) It's a it's a guidebook for how to be a good uh, to how to be a good volunteer, frankly. Yep, and and a guidebook on how to be a good person, how to be a good guest and 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 a good person. Yep. Um, I'm excited to see how people in the industry react to Me the book. Too. <laughs> Where can people get their hands on a copy of Military Chic? It's easy. You just go to gigilafaux.com.
1: So that's G-I-G-I-L-A-F-A-U-X-Lafaux.com. And there'll be a, a button on the page that's really easy for you to find that says, Buy Military Chic. So I would love for you to buy it, but as a bonus, you can also read a page a day for free. Really? Yeah. Tell me about <laughs> this publishing wizardry you have Why, going thank on. thank you. I thought that I was, I, I thought that today people consume content differently and people uh, want free stuff. I want free stuff. And, um, but they'll also you'll also pay for what you think is worthy. And so since this is my first book, you don't know what you're getting. You don't know if it's worth your time or more money. So I thought I have – I'm publishing a page a day on com and also on the socials. Um, I'm at GigiLafo, uh on Insta, Twitter, and Facebook. And so all of those platforms – oh, also Wattpad. I'm going to try Wattpad as well. And very cool. So I'm going to publish free for uh, f- like the whole book is going to end up being free, but it is literally a page a day. It will end on a sentence. So uh, I I just wanted it to be an introduction to everybody. I want you to I, I want you to get invested and really love the story. And everybody tells me that halfway through they can't put it down. Once you really get into the fashion show, I suspect you might have to buy the book and binge read So I totally had to binge read it. I gobbled it up in (laughs) in an
0: afternoon. Carolyn, thank you so much for being here today. I loved military chic. It was such a fun read, and I cannot wait for uh, more people to discover it. And if you go to fashiontalks.ca, all of your links and everything will be there. So thank you so much for the conversation. Perfect. Thank you so much, Donna. You can follow me at this is Donna B. You can follow. Fashion Talks at Fashion Talks Pod. A huge thank you to KAFA, our partner, our producing partner with this podcast. And you can find out more about the Canadian Arts and Fashion Awards at Kafa Awards. That's C-A-F-A-W-A-R-D-S. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, and I really hope you did, please tell people about it. It really helps get the word out there on social. And if you're inclined, give us a high five on iTunes and Subscribe on the podcatcher of your choice. Until next time, this is Donna Bishop, and this is Fashion Talks.